Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, of course, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, the Happy Hoarder, everything that we do in Humanica Media, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and of course the great stuff that we do out there. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without telling you we do such great things out there on Facebook. We cover the latest news and trends in pop culture on Facebook each and every day. Plus, we have a ton, absolute ton, of tabletop RPG videos and so much more right there for you at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the mastermind behind everything, the happy hoarder. Plus, Humanican Media. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at humanicanmedia.com. Plus, also as well, the Pop Culture Cosmos' favorite place to go for everything pop culture, The Happy Hoarder on Facebook and happyhoarder.com. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That yes. background change was nice. Like, it was, it was well timed and. It's awesome. I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Christmas is over. Just in recovery mode. How about yourself? How was your Christmas? Doing okay. Doing okay. Although I am a casualty of the Southwest Airlines cancellation debacle. Uh, I had to wait in a line for several hours before we were able to go ahead and get a new flight but that got canceled too later this week and unfortunately i had to go ahead with another airline so i will be heading out to seattle at some point in time this week and it's just very disappointing to see thousands of travelers here in the united states because of one company's ineptness and their outdated system and outdated policies come back to bite them in the butt you know it's annoying they shouldn't sell tickets if they are going to have or if they even suspect they're going to have issues like this they shouldn't be selling tickets i mean every year there's cancellations with airlines because of weather issues and we know that there's been some extreme weather issues this winter and and i get that i i understand that but this goes beyond that this is you know some airlines have had issues with the weather and that's expected because of just the sheer problems but when you have issues that pile up on you because of an outdated system yeah, it, it's been really hard on a lot of people. And I feel more fortunate than others because I was still here in my home in Las Vegas dealing with this issue. So I know there's a lot of people that have been stranded for days. 
And I'm hoping that something gets done about that because again, to do this to so many thousands of people across the country is just, it's just unfair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know my my mother-in-law came out for Christmas and she had issues. It was the day before her flight was supposed to take off. They canceled her flight. And I know she had to go online searching for frantically searching for a new ticket to get out here. So, yeah, it's 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 a bummer all around. Oh, yeah. And as soon as they were having you know, or they were starting to have their issues, the other airlines price gouged everything to where it would cost of thousands of dollars. Of course, they, yeah. they're going to take advantage of uh, the incompetence of their competitors. Absolutely, indeed. But my thoughts and uh, hopes are for everybody affected by this to go ahead and find safe travel or how, that you have found safe travel back to your destination. I know that your frustrations with Southwest Airlines is going to be there for quite some time, and they will pay the piper at some point in time if they haven't already. So, yes, uh, definitely our thoughts are there with everybody affected by the Southwest Airlines debacle. But we're going to try and uplift those spirits today with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's the best of Josh for 2022. I've already said my piece on the best in pop culture for 2022 but i might be adding some things because i actually got a chance to catch after my airing with melinda barkhouse ross i got a chance to catch the witcher blood origin the fablements banshees of insurin even though it's spelled inishirin they say in the movie insurin plus knives out glass onion are any of those being added to the best of 2022 or the worst of 2022 We'll talk about that, plus also as well, again, Josh will elaborate on his best of pop culture for 2022 in detail. What are we looking forward to in 2023? Josh will elaborate on that because already Melinda and I have talked about that as well. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Avatar reaching a billion dollars. And of course, also as well, Top Gun Maverick destroying records for Paramount Plus before we head out on the show today. But first, my friend, it is the best of pop culture for Josh in 2022. So you and I have been doing this quite some time. We went, we, we used to do it like these are the best TV shows. These are the best movies. These are the best video games, blah, 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 like everybody else does. But I figured we combine it into one entity where you have no limit. You have uh, no structure. Whatever hits you in pop culture the right way, you should mention. So, my friend, I turn it over to you. What is the best for pop culture for Josh Peterson in 2022? Okay, so we're doing the best first? Yep, yep. The worst comes later. I forgot to mention, yeah, yeah. The worst comes later for you because we definitely got to mention the worst for Josh in pop culture for 2022 here in a bit as well. Okay. All right. So, you know, sadly, there wasn't really a lot of the best of anything this year. I mean, oh, I don't know about that. There's been some good stuff, but it's like not a year where it's like I have, you know, traditionally I have had plenty like a list full of things. And you have always like you've agreed with maybe like 40 percent of my list. <laughs> right. Or I may have not. I may have thought it was good. You thought it was great or something like that. So. Yeah. But this year, I just like I don't have a lot that was like stuck out as being amazing. So because really? I thought I had some uh, I, I actually had so much of a list. It took uh, 
part of uh, two episodes. It took a full episode with me and Melinda and then a part of another one with me and Melinda. I had so much good stuff out there. So, okay, here, let me, I'm because I'm looking at my list of things here, all right, that I watched this year. And it's actually not too big of a list, but here, let me, let me hit it hard here. I don't know if you agreed with me, but I enjoyed The Atom Project on Netflix. I It was an easy film to watch. It wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. as you know, I'm all about those popcorn flicks, and I think Ryan Reynolds delivered on that front. What are your... what 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 are what are your thoughts on the Adam Project? Uh, you know, so, so many months after it premiered, I thought it was like you said, easy film to watch. Um, it looked like it was filmed over a weekend. Personally, mm-hmm. yeah. I know that we talked about that. It looked like it was filmed in one town over a weekend, throwing Zoe Saldana for about five minutes, and then there you go. Um, I just thought it was uh, okay. You know, again, easy watch. I get, I agree with you. Easy watch, uh, two hours right there for you. You can put it in the background. It's comfort food, popcorn flick. There you go. It's, it's, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just when you get in those Ryan Reynolds movies that he's just doing a shtick mm-hmm. and he does it, does it over and over, and it's not at the level of Deadpool. That's, yeah. you know, it, that's the part where, you, you know, it's getting harder and harder to like the things that he does outside of Deadpool. as Because Deadpool is such a masterful thing for his, his shtick, for his whole persona, for the way he, he approaches comedy. I, I really think that, that anything else sometimes gets left by the wayside. And I think this movie does, for me, it's, it's all right for what it does. But it's still not to the level of what we've seen from him compared to, you know, what we saw, of course, with with Deadpool and even Deadpool 2. And, you know, we're so excited for Deadpool 3. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. my opinion on that. But I mean, again, it, it, this was not this is comfort food. Like you said, this is this is something that's a mm-hmm. popcorn flick that, you know what, it's there. It's cool. You know, go go for it. So, uh, you know, we'll move on here in a second, but would you say that Ryan Reynolds is at a point where he is only going to be, he's only Deadpool to people? He's a characterization. Yeah, he's a characterization of himself. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. You know, everybody seemed to like Free Guy. And we were so excited for Free Guy. And I thought, it's there. It's okay at best. Uh, I just, I didn't enjoy it because it's, not to the level of what I expect from Deadpool. I thought it's okay, but again, it's just sometimes he goes into it these days with his with his shtick, and he just does not get to the level that you can get with Deadpool. I just don't think he puts everything into it unless he's donning the Deadpool uniform. Uh, yeah, that's because he's super passionate about that role. And you can tell that's why he he enjoys it. And that's what comes across for me. Dragon Ball Super Superhero was probably one of my top films of the year. And it's not just because it's Dragon Ball and I love Dragon Ball, but it's the fact that, as we discussed before, this is the year of the anime films, right? We had Dragon Ball. We had One Piece. There's a Mobile Suit Gundam movie that I don't think did too well. You look at Dragon Ball, you look at One Piece, like these are movies that made a lot more money than people thought that they were going to make and looking at that like yeah you look at shows like my hero academia who's got you know they've got films coming out and uh 
was that other one jujutsu kaisen i think the name was mm-hmm. demon slayer like there what this this year has shown is that there is room in the box office for these anime films and you know before they just be released as like two-day events in theaters but now they're having like legitimate theatrical runs yeah with with the success though of dragon ball z i mean that to me was the biggest thing about this movie is that it had such a great first week opening and it just i think enlightened a lot of uh, theater owners on the power of these anime films in their first two weeks mm-hmm. it's something i think that they should take notice that the power of Crunchyroll and netflix and all these streaming entities that support like hulu of the anime genre that you can front load a movie at the box office and get a great return if you don't put a whole lot into it if you could put like five to ten million dollars into an anime you can get a turnaround of 20 30 40 in the case of dragon ball z i think it earned quite a bit more than that so yeah definitely uh something that you can take a lot of interest in as far as going to the theaters and checking out an anime movie and it being a success at the box office that's what i really take away yeah absolutely and everyone keeps saying you know and we've i've said it before too but it seems like the movie theater is mostly dominated by big um you know these big studio franchise films but then you have these anime films come out and you know sometimes they outperform these big films on a given day so there is room at movie theaters for you know these smaller things to to have their time yeah absolutely uh, okay, so moving on, Jurassic Park Dominion, I enjoyed, you know, like I, a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was a, you know, it was a good uh, popcorn flick. It did a good job of kind of tying back to the original. It was a fan service film, absolutely. I don't know, it was not the uh, flaming chunk of garbage that a lot of the critics stated it was. I thought that it was good. My kids liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Although, like you said, it it didn't end well with the critics, but you know what? Earned a billion dollars at the end of the day. Earned mm-hmm. one billion dollars and almost a dollar. Actually, like one one billion, one million. I think it's like it just okay. barely sneaked over it the billion mark. The threshold. All right, last film I got here of uh, 2022 that I did enjoy was The Northman with uh, what's his name, Skarsgård in that mm-hmm. movie. Like, is a very artsy film, but also like it was good. You know, it was the first time I watched a uh, a film like that and was not, you know, didn't feel like I wasted time on it. So I, that was a very well put together film. And I, did you get a chance to watch it? I did. It was okay. Uh, I thought uh, it dragged a little on the third act, but uh, yeah, thought it was okay. Thought it was, yeah, uh, yeah, it was... something that was uh, there. Like you said, very artsy, very stylistic in its nature. Mm-hmm. But yeah, didn't um, displease me in any way. It's just it was there. It was pretty good. And then yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it it definitely uh, it had something going for it. Video games here. I got God of War Ragnarok. That's something I'm like I think I'm about to finish. I'm like 60 hours in, and I don't know if I'm about to finish it yet. But uh, I'm at the final charge towards Asgard, so I'm assuming that I'm gonna be done here in the next couple days. So. That was good. I not as you know, Elden Ring is obviously like the best game of 2022 to a lot of people, but 
you know, I feel like God of War Ragnarok definitely earned the nominations that it got, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, if you didn't like, if you didn't prefer Elden Ring, you preferred God of War Ragnarok. It seems to be between one of those two for most of the yes. Game of the Year's award, depending on the outlet. I think for me, though, it was Atari 50, the anniversary celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was uh, something for me. It was a a true surprise. I think it, uh, and the value, the fact that it's $40 in the day and age where video game prices this year rose up to $70 on a, a lot of occasions. I really think it provides an extremely good value. It's a nostalgic trip. It has a full documentary with it. And yeah, it just absolutely was a great explainer for Atari. And my hopes for Atari to center itself now that they finally shed themselves the the albatross known as the Atari VCS as they stop production of it, maybe they can go ahead and uh, I guess start making games and just focus on making games instead of worrying about a console or anything like that and become a, a I don't know, even a mid-tier developer once again because they've got such a great library of games that they can take inspiration from and create a, a new companion to it that's a modern remaking. They made some of these modern they modernized actually quite a bit of the games in Atari, the anniversary collection, while still maintaining several options there of the old style way it was played before. So yeah, it definitely was, it showed me that Atari is not dead and with the right people in place can actually live again as a pretty good uh, video game maker. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully we get to the point, too, where they don't just become known as like a throwaway company for millionaires, you know, to come in and be like, oh, I have an idea. And then it ends up not doing well. Yeah. And it goes on to the next ownership. Like they need somebody who actually cares about video games and they're running it. And they need to actually create some stuff outside of, you know, the 2D games that they made before. Yeah, you know, kind of step into the new century a little bit. I would love a remaking of adventure. Just you know, just put it into like a context of an Elder Scrolls or something like that, and seeing it through the eyes of the modern era, making it making an adventure of adventure once again. So that would probably be my first thing I'd I'd go ahead and cover. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Terminator. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh. Jock and Nerd! 
Okay, so usually I have like a handful of albums that I really enjoyed, but this year I only have one that really like sticks out to me. So Def Havana is a, a band from the UK and they've been, you know, they've been around for a while. They've, they started as a screamo band and kind of evolved into alternative and then they did a pop band uh, they did some like uh they did folksy music then pop and then they decided to keep going this year with a new album called the present is a foreign land and it's like a this great mixture of you know the, all the things that they've done before whether it's uh pop or rock or alternative folk music like they have a great blend of everything James Vett Glody, like his voice is beautiful. So if you check out anything, if you want to listen to something good at the end of the year, definitely check out Def Havana's latest album, The Present is a Foreign Land. It's on iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify. But that is the top album on my list this year. And uh, I can listen to it over and over again as I, as I do in the car. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, sounds like a good choice. Sounds like a good listen and uh there you go all right sounds good my friend all right so last on my uh list of things here i have television streaming stuff i really enjoyed moon Knight. did that show grow on you at all after watching it kind of like a fungus actually that's how it grew <laughs> okay yeah, so I, I mean i think it's probably one of the worst uh marvel tv shows i've seen of the marvel tv really? shows yeah. i don't know i was i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it more than miss marvel that was uh well they both were not very high on my list as far yeah. as tv shows are concerned the marvel yeah. tv shows yeah i mean everything that marvel and we'll get to this when we get to the worst stuff but a lot of the things they did this year is pretty bad they but... both weren't the worst of pop culture for 2022 but they were on the lower side for me i'll just put it that way yeah yeah i i agree uh but i really enjoyed moon nights um i think that it you know the mythology there was interesting the the ending was not not that great but you know i think that um oscar isaac did a great job of portraying what three different characters at yeah. once and that's the that's the solace i could take into it the performance itself is great just the material he was given and the fact that right now it doesn't really tie anything into the mcu so yeah. i have that feeling after i watched it like i just wasted hours of my time yeah absolutely sorry last thing on my list here i got stranger things season four like both parts one and two like i think that this was the streaming pop culture event of the year like this, this is this was one of those things where like i look at it in the same vein i look at like avengers endgame like but it appeals to a different type of fans so i'm but it's like everybody's talking about this all the stores are selling things for it this is something magazines are writing about. It's all over the internet. Like this is huge. Like this is a pop culture movement that if you weren't watching it before, once the season came out, everyone's talking about it. You were definitely watching it after that. This, like you said, I think that's a terrific way to go ahead and phrase it. I think that's absolutely outstanding. It felt like the infinity war of stranger things it was on my best of 2022 as well there's the 40 percent for you my friend it's the it landed on my best of list as well very well done uh very good i think it's one of the best seasons overall for stranger things i think that the model of having like six episodes or whatnot uh in the front side and then about a month and a half later bringing out the other two episodes 
even though I know fans didn't love that part of it, I think that that's probably a brilliant marketing move for Netflix in order to go ahead and sustain a subscriber base. Long-term. Long-term. So I have a feeling that for any of their shows, their popular shows, like, for instance, future seasons of Wednesday, future seasons of Emily in Paris, the popular shows on Netflix, future, you know, even Cobra Kai, maybe, you might actually see that same type of structure going forward. I think that's an absolutely brilliant move by Netflix on a marketing uh, standpoint. But for fans, I know that's not exactly that great. Yeah. Uh, All right. So to wrap up my best of stuff, I want to move outside of uh, visual media and talk about toys for a minute. Mm -hmm. Just a few few shout outs here. I have the, uh, you know, we talked about this before, the Megazord Ascension project from Hasbro. Hasbro has been dumb and they've been overproducing things and that's been making collectors and uh, toy sellers irritated because it causes the value to go down. But man, they've been producing some really cool stuff like the, uh, you know, taking the old Megazords that only moved, you know, arms move back and forth and giving them, you know, 20 plus points of articulation like that is awesome. Uh, Playmates has been coming back in a strong way with their Stranger Things Ninja Turtle crossover. Uh, Hasbro's has their Power Ranger Ninja Turtle crossover, the new Ninja Turtle uh, Ronin figures. Like, this is the year of Ninja Turtles for sure when it comes to toys. And, um, you know, these are, if you're a collector and you're interested in Ninja Turtles, like, I would definitely check some of these sets out. The Target, sorry, the Stranger Things one is a Target exclusive. The Power Rangers crossover, you can get anywhere on the internet. And, uh, you know, definitely check some of this stuff out because that, was a big highlight for me this past year as a collector. I do, before you want to finish your list, I do want to mention some things that really stood out as far as music, because you talked about music a little bit. I want to mention the rise of K-pop as a standard that's not named BTS. Uh, BTS, we know their their popularity all around the world. I remember the first episode we covered K-pop, and you were just like, what the heck are you <laughs> were excited about? It. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, because it was just something the sound and these these groups were creating this this mythos and this following that was uh, worldwide. It was becoming a growing fast in popularity and we've seen the explosion of it in 2022. I know my one my oldest daughter is just absolutely into it. Actually took her to a K-pop concert in Los Los Angeles earlier this year. She absolutely loved it. Itzy was the group that she saw. They're on the rise. There's also Twice, Blackpink. There's so many different groups. And it's a machine that they're producing out in Korea for these K-pop groups. And and this is something we're going to see for at least. It's going to be a trend for at least the next couple of years at least as far as the, 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 the styles and the popularity of K-pop bands. And I think it's going to be something really special to see. But yeah, that's pretty much where my best of lies at the moment. Absolutely. That's a great list, my friend. I agreed with a little bit more than 40% of it, maybe 45, but no, I'm kidding. It's not the year of King Arthur, so. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, we won't talk about that. That was a great debate. You should go back in the archives about that one as far as our back and forth on that. But what are your thoughts out there on the best of pop culture for 2022? Let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. 
I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. We're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Josh the Great. That's Josh Peterson's here along with me, Gerald Glassford. Still got a half hour to go. We've already talked about the best for Josh in pop culture for 2022. Also for Melinda and I. We've also talked ourselves about the worst in pop culture, but Josh hasn't finished his list. He, we're still going to talk about the worst in pop culture for Josh Peterson for 2022. Okay. All right. So we we going over to the dark side now? Lay it on me, man. All right. So I want to start with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that was a pretty bad film. It was disappointing. I was, yeah, I agree. I was expecting. I don't. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, like Sam Raimi. Like I, I love the guy, but it's been so long since he's made a movie that I actually enjoy. Like I see why Scott Derrickson stepped away from this film because it did not know what it wanted to be, you know, and it took pre-existing Marvel mythology that they had developed really well in a WandaVision and they turned it on its head. And I think that it left me, I walked out of the movie theater wondering like, what in the world did I just watch? And then like, I still couldn't like piece it together even a week later. It's on the lower tier of my list as well of uh, my MCU list, which you can catch at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. It is on the lower ebb of uh, the movies that I've watched in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of that, we have the DCU or DCU, whatever it's called. Uh, Black Adam was kind of a, a letdown. You know, that was uh, we we just watched that this past weekend. And I got to say, man, it was it felt like a bro a B-tier bro movie is what it felt like. The Everything from the soundtrack to the writing to like an entire movie of The Rock just floating around making faces. Yeah, it was disappointing as well. I, I thought it was something that could have been a lot better. Pierce Brosnan was sensational in the film. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, he outclassed The Rock in this occasion. And I'm a huge fan of The Rock, which I thought was really disappointing. I thought, like you said, he just barely emoted throughout the entire film and low-key rock throughout the entire film is i don't know it just doesn't do it for me you know when he's able to go ahead and, and really relay in his acting skills that to me is something much more enjoyable about a rock film and and able to go ahead and show his range he wasn't able to do that here because he's always you know angry at something i think you know seeing dave bautista and knives out glass onion I think for me, I think we reached a point where you can say Dave Bautista right now is the best pro wrestling actor right now on the oh, planet. Oh, 
Absolutely. I mean, even that role, he had a brief role in um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, the guy hardly said anything, but dang, I felt the emotions coming off him right in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, The Rock still can kill it when he wants to, but Black Adam just really didn't do it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, those are my films there uh, in gaming The you know, letdowns. Gran Turismo 7 was kind of a letdown for me. I don't like this new generation of games we're moving into where everything has to be online all the time with Gran Turismo. Like I live out in the country, you know, so my Internet's not always spot on. And when I'm having issues connecting to PlayStation Network, I can't play the game. So, you know, I spent $70 on a game that I can play maybe 60% of the time that I actually want to play it. Oops. That's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the Assassin's Creed games, right? Where you have to be connected in order for your saves to work. So if you play it and then your internet goes out and then you play for another like six hours before realizing it, you lose everything. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me television streaming i think the only thing that really stuck out to me as being bad was halo season yes one. yes you and i are on the same wave like i think we were that was that was no doubt that was on my worst of list that was pure trash yeah it it had moments i like told it melinda had... you would i would be on your list yeah yeah it, yeah because it okay correct me if i'm wrong but it had moments right where you could like glimpse potential no you were you were trying to get me every week gerald just give it a chance just give it a chance i know but that's what i kept saying though right like it had moments where you could glimpse the potential it was a stinker man it was a stinker yeah yeah it just like kept on like i don't know it's like those videos where like you see dogs trying to like jump onto furniture and they end up like hitting it It, that's like every week was like them trying to reach for something and then just falling flat into a wall or something it and doing I, its best to destroy the halo mythos and all yeah. the back work of the games good or bad at the same time you know obviously i have to at least watch the first two episodes of this next season to see if they're able to salvage what was there but man i have to say like i am absolutely bummed out and i got a buddy who's a big time halo fan it's like the only thing he plays anymore and he was he was heartbroken over this series but you and i said bad or good we would support video game entities on Mm -hmm. other media and as bad as it was for us i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna check it out when the next season comes around no matter how much pain i go through yeah do you want to talk about the witcher right now or should we save that for later go for it right now man okay so for everyone listening i was watching the witcher blood origin the other night and while i was doing this i text gerald and i was like hey this show is terrible (laughs) like i mean i didn't say that bluntly i said the cg in the show was pretty awful and uh it reminds me of you know it's a mortal Kombat annihilation not a great movie but you didn't realize how horrible it was until the end when they had that dra- that dragon fight on the on the pyramid thing and uh that's what happened in the witcher like you had the the witcher the the mainline show like you could tell they put a lot of money a lot of budget into their their creature animations but in this one it 
wasn't it wasn't there it was just like everything was shiny like it looked like a piece of computer animation from the late 90s it well, was not good the fantasy genre had its real highs and lows this year when it comes to house of the dragon and lord of the rings the rings of power I thought they were very good representations. Uh, I didn't love House of the Dragon as much as others did, but I still thought uh, absolutely some great production values. They did spend a lot of money on that, and it showed, along with Lord of the Rings. You know they spent half a billion dollars on that, and it showed. I thought that both shows were very good representations of what they were trying to go after as far as their predecessors are, are concerned. And then you have... Like you said, uh, the Willow series, Willow, is not entirely a stinker, but you can see the budget cuts were there, and they did not spend the kind of money on it that I know Lord of the Rings had. So Disney Plus, it was really not that great of a series itself. It's not the worst of the fantasy series because by far and away, and this would be on my worst of 2022 list had I had a chance to. In fact, I'm adding it on. I'll add it on. The Witcher Blood Origin is absolutely a waste of time. Absolutely. You told me about and it. I was actually starting the, I had the first episode on as you, as you text me and I'm like, oh, my wife and I were just like, oh, this is some, this is some trash. What the heck is going on? Couldn't follow it. Michelle Yeoh. I mean, I, I, if you missed it, she was talking because, you know, I, I, I actually, for three episodes, I was in and out watching it. And I didn't hear her talk once. I saw her laying down once. I saw her kind of like stabbing a dude in the back once. But I missed all of her, her verbal scenes for like the first couple episodes or so. And I was like, she's supposed to be the star of this thing. The trailer itself, it doesn't have her talking. It was absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. She's, she's going to probably win a Best Actress Oscar. And you don't have her speak i thought it was the absolute worst yeah. she actually does speak in the series and it takes a little time for for it to get to where she gets a, a chance to do so but what she was given and, and the rest of this eclectic mix was it, it was just it, it's just bad for michelle yo it's a money grab and more power to her because for every everything everywhere all at once that was so tremendous she's had a lot of uh Things over the past couple of years where she's been on movies where she makes appearances where eh, it's all right but this unfortunately she was part of with some horrible cgi was just mm -hmm. really bad it was really bad yeah yeah she yeah i yeah they they and even like in the first episode when she's talking to her you know what was her student formerly like and i a, missed that and i was like man yeah but it, I actually went and rewatched it and I actually saw that part. Yeah. None of it made any sense though. Like it was just all of a sudden she like hates him and it's like, okay, now I'm going to teach you stuff. Like there's no logic to the story at all. It's, it seems like it's pure fan service. Like they're just showing, they're trying to take what was great about the Witcher and then turn it into something like Game of Thrones. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And it makes no sense at all why this is a predecessor to The Witcher. Why is this happening before The Witcher? The Witcher seems like it's actually older, mm -hmm. as far as its origin date, than Blood Origin, which makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't have the feel 
of something that should be the predecessor. It doesn't make any sense, you know, as far as the before the beasts and for humans or whatever. I, it just makes yeah. it, it's a bunch of gobbledygook. And it really is it's, it's Netflix saying, OK, we made a ton of cash and viewers with The Witcher. Let's make an offshoot and throw Michelle Yeoh in there because she's she's a, a very popular actress right now and see what sticks. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't stick. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing as like the Rings of Power, you know, on Amazon. It, it's the same exact concept. Like we have Lord of the Rings rights. We might as well use them, even if there's no mythology based on this. But Lord of the Rings, you know, Amazon took the time and care to craft something that is watchable. And it, to right. me, is very good. To you, is very good. And yeah, that's that's the difference there. The Witcher yeah, Blood oh, Origin seems like oh, it was made by a college student over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the the quality's not there, but it's it's the, it's like there's nothing strictly based on this. So let's make something up. Except the only difference with Amazon is that it it was a hit and it was good, whereas The Witcher is just it was a pure miss. Yeah, The Witcher Blood Origin per se. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that stood out to you as uh, trash that stinks to high heaven? No, sorry. Um, okay, so th this is... Shelby! I'm sorry. Um, okay, so, yeah, I guess the, the, this is more of like a moment in pop culture history with the uh, Henry Cavill, you know, and James Gunn, all that stuff going on. Like, yeah. I... This was definitely the biggest bummer of the year for me and the fact that, like, I'm not... I don't care if they move into a new era, but like it really is a disservice to not let that, I guess, age of characters play out. Yeah. You know, at least get to Aquaman and then do a final Justice League movie and let things close. Like it sounds like all the outlines and the scripts were there, but they're not going to do it. Instead, James Gunn, who still hasn't said if he's recasting everybody, but it sounds, but he made it sound like he's keeping Gal Gadot. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like, I don't know how this is all going to play out. Are we just going to pretend that it's not weird that Superman looks different? I don't know. I think a lot of people who are a fan of the superhero genre are really disappointed by this. Um, you know, this is kind of a historical moment in pop culture. Well, I will say that again, as I, we've talked about it before on the DC change ups, Melinda and I, that this is really, uh, something that is a big risk, but, the DCEU over the past 10 years has had very mixed results, especially with Superman. And I, I like Henry Cavill as a person. I really think that he's never been given a chance. Although you love Man of Steel, I actually don't love Man of Steel. Um, he's actually never, in my opinion, been given a chance to really been given a kick-ass script for Superman and an opportunity and again, you see the financial results that it's all over the place from the highs of the Aquaman who will not actually also be continuing in the series after the, the sequel. He'll, he'll be playing Lobo, I think is what he'll be doing instead, which is something I guess he really wants to do. So I don't know. It just seems to me that, that there's so many inconsistencies with the storytelling, the, the arc of the DCEU and on also as well, the fact that it's just financially not been the greatest adventures in all cases for the DCEU. I think it is time for a change. I think it's time to shake things up. Yeah. Although I like, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I don't know why, even though he's been never given to me great material. I do like Henry Cavill as Superman. 
and it's just unfortunate that this like story, the Snyder, I guess the Snyderverse, as people call it, it has to, you know, it's suffering because Justice League Two is technically supposed to be coming out this year, and it just it's unfortunate that that all of that suffered because of incompetent leadership, you know, at Warner Brothers as far as like, you know, Walter Hamada and uh, you know Jeff Johns and all of them. Like, it's just unfortunate that because of all that. And their whatever you know their personal feud with Henry Cavill, I think they didn't like him because he, the fans liked him so much, and I think that that caused a lot of uh, you know the studio doesn't know as much as they think they do. A lot of pride issues there, but it's just unfortunate that this is how all of this played out. Well, don't feel too bad for Henry Cavill. He is now going to be heading up an Amazon series with the IP that he loves the most in Warhammer 40k. So yeah, don't feel too bad for him. Yeah, he la- just... he landed on his feet real well. Pardon the pun <laughs> with Superman. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I mean I like Henry Cavill. Like I I've, you know, I thought Man Man from Uncle was really good and you know, what was he in before? I don't remember. Uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, you know, I I like a lot of the things that he's in when he's not Superman, but he is as the rock so plainly put it. He is my generation Superman. Anything else that stood out to you this year as far as some stinkers are concerned? Oh, that's it, man. That's all I got for you. All right. Well, you let us know out there your thoughts on the worst of pop culture in 2022. And if you want the best of pop culture in 2022 as well, let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we headed out, I did have a chance to catch up on some things to see if they would be added to the list of the best or worst in pop culture for 2022. We did talk about the Witcher Blood Origin bleeding my eyes as i was watching it so we you know we talked about how bad that was i did get a chance to see the fablemans banshees of insurin even though it's spelled initiant it is insurin i guess is how that's pronounced in the movie and knives out glass onion the fablemans is a kind of very much self biographical for steven spielberg and this is Steven Spielberg's, uh, basically, it's his story about, about how he grew up and how he, he developed himself into the director that he came today. It doesn't exactly, it uses the Fablemans instead of the Spielbergs, but you can pretty much get the sense of, you know, how Steven Spielberg grew up. I didn't like this as much as other Steven Spielberg films. I thought it was okay. I thought that the movie is long by a long shot i think it took it needed to take a half hour off i think he even though he had some great acting performances i think that just it, he holds too long to a scene in each of these scenes that he's in a lot there's scenes there that last like 10 12 minutes on the same like you it's like you and i having a conversation or acting for 10 or 12 minutes i think the attention span of the viewer 
starts to stray away, no matter how good the dialogue or the acting is. And I think that's the problem. He holds on scenes way too long in this movie. And then it ends on such a weird note, what his future may be. It doesn't explain itself at the very end as far as what happens to the, the Fableman character. So yeah, it just, it was okay, but it could have been so much better. And, and I understand it's a labor of love for Steven Spielberg, so I want to be respectful of that. But yeah, it, I was just hoping it would be a little bit better telling of his uh, origin story, per se. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I was hoping to catch it on streaming. You know, I don't, it's not one I'm like itching to pay to watch. So if it hits, you know, Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever, like that's something i would be interested in watching but there's yeah, some great of... acting in, in it there's some really okay. great acting and i will give it that it's just the scenes are too long each, yeah. each you know each of the major scenes are just filmed way too long and it's like you're trying to squeeze out every single bit of emotion and then you've already the audience itself gets fatigued emotionally fatigued by just watching these the same scene for such a long period of time and yeah. I think that that's, that's probably to me that just the most disappointing part. But overall, it was it was okay. A movie is enjoy you know enjoyable to an extent as far as the performances are concerned. So, and yeah, that that's my only beef with it. It's just it, it ran a little bit too long. But uh, Banshees of Incheon with Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson, uh, that's a movie. It's a very different movie. Uh, based on an island off the Irish coast, and it's in the middle of the 1920s as far as a a civil war is concerned in Ireland. So a lot, of, you know, that's the backdrop of it, and uh, the, the battles between two friends or two former friends about their their friendship gone awry, and it, you know, it is a, a character piece very much so, and I think that all the characters in there are, do an excellent job. I think the movie gets dark, real dark after halfway through in a way that I just can't recover from, but it is still a very good movie. It's 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 a very good movie. I don't think it's a great movie simply because it just took no turn for the better. It just kept getting darker and darker and darker. Barry Keegan is in the movie and does a pretty good job himself. So yeah, I think all the actors involved did an outstanding job, but it is really a, a different movie per se, The Banshees of Insurance. So yeah, I think it's something that people should check out. It's it's pretty good, pretty good overall. It seemed like a movie that was going to going to descend into madness, kind of like a what do you call it, There Will Be Blood style movie where it just becomes insane after a while. And I will just say this: you can keep on talking to me if you want. Yes, we'll we'll remain friends. Okay. I'm not going to go to any great lengths like they did in Banshees of Intrin to have you not speak to me. So let's just put it that way. So, But yes, Banshees of Intrin, very stylistic and beautiful movie. If you want to check it out for the scenery of this island, it's actually fantastic. And actually, that would be a cool house to have in the movie. I'll just say that Brendan Gleeson had right there off the coast of, of an Irish uh, island. So yeah, that was really cool to see. But Knives Out Glass Onion is the last movie I want to talk about. I got a chance to catch up on with Netflix and it is is really good. I still think the first Knives Out is better, but it's not by much. This was a really, really good movie. It would probably be on the tail end of my best of 2022 list. I think the performance is really cool. The mystery itself was not as uh, bewildering as uh, the first one as far as who done it. So... Uh, I think that the characters stood out a little bit more in the first one, 
but this one was really solidly acted and i think daniel craig did a, a solid job and yeah i think everybody involved did a good job too so yeah it was it was a really really good film knives out glass onion it would be like i said on the tail end of my best of list i thought it's almost as good as the original yeah, I saw that Rian Johnson, I guess, was upset that they called it a Knives Out mystery instead of just Glass Onion. Like, he was mm-hmm. upset that they put that subtitle on there. And... Well, what do you expect? They're trying to sell it to people. Oh, my gosh. So, well, they're, uh... try- they're trying really hard to make you realize that it's tied to the Knives Out movie. Yeah, and, well, I mean, if you're Netflix that spent, what, $500 million on two Knives Out movies... What do you expect? You know, they need to make sure you connect as a as a general audience member. Oh yeah, the, yeah, this is based off that that first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but I mean, they always put it like front and square in their their interface, and if you're seeing that, you're like, oh hey, I recognize those characters, so it should be pretty obvious that it is a yeah. times out sequel. It's really good. I really recommend it. So it, of those three, I'd say it's probably the best of, of those three. So. There you go. Hopefully you've had a chance to check it out. It's the number one movie on Netflix right now. It is Knives Out Glass Onion. Please let us know your thoughts on The Fablemans, Knives Out Glass Onion, and The Banshees of Incheron. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before I wanted to go ahead and mention Josh's, what he's looking forward to in 2023. We'll close that out, but wanted to first mention that Top Gun Maverick is destroying all the records as its final achievement for 2022 is one of the big hits of 2022 It's destroying all the records for paramount plus so congratulations on that and avatar as we're recording this in a little over 10 days has garnered one billion dollars worldwide so it looks like josh that this movie like its predecessor is going to have some long legs it could I could see it getting to two billion now. I could really do I could really I could really see it going to two billion. James Cameron is so cocky. I don't know. He cheats, I think, with the box office numbers as we've discussed before. But yeah, well what's gonna happen is this movie's gonna, you know, wherever it levels out at, and then he's gonna keep re releasing it every, you know, twice a year, and then pretty soon it's gonna be like a five billion dollar movie i don't hate james cameron he's a genius i just like hate that he is absolutely arrogant and i saw his tweet the other day that perfectly summarized what avatar is and he said avatar 2 will definitely go down in history as being the second avatar movie ever (laughs) fair enough indeed but before we head on out my friend wanted to ask what are you looking forward to in 2023 and pop culture I'm honestly just looking for the MCU to write itself. And uh, I want to see all that time wasted last year mean something. So I want things to come out that have legitimate stakes and to show that, like, it's not a waste of time. You know, it's not the the fan fatigue. I want a reason to get over my MCU fatigue. And I'm hoping that I'm going to get that. Maybe it'll start with Ant-Man in February. Who knows? And you never know. It's possible. I still got to watch Wakanda forever. Absolutely. And that, with that, with Ant-Man, you know, the King to Conqueror is going to be uh, become a major figure down the road. So hopefully we can see that more develop more Loki season two and uh, obviously some other things in the MCU. So hopefully that'll come to light. Any of the games that are, are coming out in 2023 are catching your eye? Dead Space Remake, obviously something I want to play. 
Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy Remake Part 2, assuming they both cling to those 2023 release dates. Or Good luck. Play. I mean, I don't know what's going on with like Halo and Gears and like all these projects that have been rumored and promised by Microsoft. So I don't like right now, like I don't know what's coming out in some of these bigger franchises. So I, you know, I just know some of the other things that I'm excited to play, but you know, the, the things that you would go to E3 and be excited about, I have no idea what's going on with any of that stuff because we've had these like sporadic gaming conferences that have discussed things that are like a month out, but we don't really, there's no forecast into the future that we've gotten at all this year. So I don't know what to expect. It's not very predictable right now. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see, you know, when January, February gets here, what, what is being forecasted. It'll be very interesting to see what develops over the course of the last year, especially in the video game world where so many projects were delayed into 2023. So I'm curious to see what actually holds their release date, what gets pushed into 24. I'm hoping to hear more about Mass Effect. You know me, I hold out hope mm-hmm. for that as far as something, as far as within the Mass Effect realm. I know Mass Effect 4 is being worked on. I don't expect a Mass Effect video game-wise until 2024. I'm hoping we can... Find out more definitive news on a series or a movie or something in the universe as far as Mass Effect is concerned, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would love to see, I know there was discussion of Henry Cavill taking up the role of Commander Shepard. So but now I, that he's doing this Warhammer thing. But knows? nothing nothing in Warhammer is supposed to materialize until like 2025. So he's he's got time on his hands. Well, let's hope that it's taken up by Commander Shepard, but we'll see. Any last thoughts, though, before we head on out? I said this last year, too, but I think that we're seeing we're still seeing the effects of COVID on the entertainment industry, whether it's video games, movies, whatever, all the stuff that was delayed and, you know, pushed into the next year. We're we're still seeing those effects as things are being pushed into 2023. So I am seeing 2023 being a huge year you know as far as releases for things go and i could be wrong at this point but like i feel like you know having two years to recover from all the covid stuff i think that 2023 is going to be pretty busy but before we head on out my friend i know you are going to be on paternity leave and i'm so happy for you i want to wish you congratulations to both you and your wife and your family on uh, the expected birth when either this airs or soon after. And I just wanted to go ahead and publicly say, I wish you and the family all the best on that. And you take as much time off as you need. I know our conversations will be always great in pop culture. Whenever you decide to come back, I'll be touring CES here during the first week of January, as I always do, but to not be talking about it with you, be sad, but I know it's for a great reason. And I'm wishing you all the best, my friend. I appreciate it, man. I mean, having little kids, is it's an exercise in patience, you know, and not sleeping much. You know, you sleep when you die. Isn't that the phrase? Exactly. It's going down for the long rest. <laughs> no, I'm already, I'm getting that gray in my beard right now. It's happening already. Uh, watch out, my friend. Watch out. You'll miss it when they're older and uh, they're leaving the house because my kids are in their teen years. So they're they're on their way out uh, to go out and seek their fortunes in the world. And yeah, yeah, I miss those days when they were your kid's age. So that's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Well, my friend, it's been great having you aboard, sharing your thoughts and the best and worst in pop culture for 2022. 
Looking forward to some great conversations with you and I in pop culture for 2023 right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh the Great, a.k.a. Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.